listening to Coffee Talk with Father Brad. Hey guys, this is Father Brad Doyle, and you're listening to Coffee Talk. And I have a special guest today. Um, Avera Santo is with me, and she is a saint. Well, oh. <laughs> her, her name says, says so, but, <laughs> but uh, she's got a, a really great story and a great mission, and she'll explain it in a little bit. But thanks for joining me, Avera. Thank you for having me, Father Brad. Where, where are you from? I'm from the original birthplace of Mardi Gras, oh Mobile, God. Alabama. How, how long have <laughs> Just, you been like waiting to say that? <laughs> For a while, honestly. <laughs> Most of your retreat was spent just thinking of just that. Just ready to say that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, she's been here at Holy Rosary um, doing a retreat. Father Josh Johnson kind of helping out directing her, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And um, we're about to, we're preparing tomorrow. There's a, um, a conference. The conference is highlighting and studying and looking at um, different black saints and hopeful saints. So mm-hmm. like blesseds, venerables, and... Um, particularly African-American, right? Yeah, they're all, all six of them are, are of African-American descent. So yeah, this awesome. is incredible. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be great. So she's here coming to that, doing a retreat. But I wanted to sit down with Avera because uh, she has a particular gift, I think, for the church right now. There's nothing more controversial. Um, I think nothing more really more misunderstood than the church's teaching on same-sex attraction, homosexuality, mm-hmm. same-sex marriage. I mean, just throw all the different little ways of coming at that. Um, And it's really, I think, a place that people kind of diverge from the church. Like if they're going to leave, it's one of those first steps out of the church and it's not necessary. It's not a necessary step away. There's so so much misunderstanding. Earlier this year, Avera, we did a um, a podcast about um, me and Grace, about Pride Month and about different... Catholic responses mm-hmm. um, and and how they lived up to the church's teaching or did not um, on both ends of being a too harsh, maybe too, I guess, unclear about the church's teaching. But what what we didn't have was a perspective for someone who has experienced same-sex mm-hmm. attraction, which I think is priceless because, you know, I'm a priest. Uh, people can say, ah, oh, that priest can say whatever he wants, yeah. but you can't argue with experience. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I want you to do is just tell us your experience. Tell us your story. Where have you been and where, where are you at? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, I was born and raised in Mobile, Alabama um, to a predominantly Catholic family. Um, I was baptized almost immediately after I was born, um, went to Catholic school K through 12th grade, you know, so I was really immersed in my faith, um, to a certain extent for, uh, like for most of my life, you know, for as long as I can remember. So around my, uh, sophomore year of high school, I was about 16 years old and I, went to a uh, archdiocesan Catholic youth conference um, solely for the purpose of getting out of a soccer tournament that I didn't feel like playing in, in the freezing cold. Um, so I went, I told my, I told my uh, coach, I was like, my parents are youth ministers. I have to go like they're forcing me to go, whatever. And really ended up um, starting to form this relationship with Christ or, you know, I, I won't even say that. I will say that Christ found me exactly where I was and grabbed hold of me in a way that I, I was not at all expecting, which I think let it produce the fruit that it did. You know, like I, I wasn't looking for anything. I wasn't expecting it. It just kind of happened. And, um, it was really, really beautiful experience, profound experience that changed my life, um, really redirected um, where I was going in my life. At the same time, though, uh, at that same retreat, 
one of the girls that I was rooming with, um, she was one of my best friends at the time, told me that she was a bit scared to go to confession uh, during the adoration period. Um, and I it was kind of just talking her through it and asking her why. And she said that she didn't feel comfortable confessing the fact that she had had a sexual encounter with another woman. And um, that was the first time that someone close to me um, ident- she kind of identified to me as bisexual. And I, I really didn't, like, I didn't know anybody else that identified as that. It was always this kind of thing that was like in the air, you know, but was never really discussed or pointed out that everybody kind of like knew was there, I guess. Um, but I didn't really fully comprehend and understand. Um, so, you know, she was one of the people that was closest to me. And we just kind of talked about it and she and I ended up getting closer and closer after the conference um, to the point where I started kind of asking myself, wait a second, am I attracted to her? And the more and more, the, the closer we got, I realized like what was happening. And this isn't the first time that I had felt this way about a girl, but it was the first time that it, I kind of had to face the fact like, yeah, this is what's happening. It's interesting that it happened at a conference like this, this Mm -hmm. nexus of, of like your encounter with the Lord and him, like right before this happened in your life. Like he's like, well, I'm going to grab your heart first. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's a grace. No, it really, really is. And it's, it's so profound and so funny to me. Um, God really showing his humor that at the same time that he grabbed hold of me, um, it was literally the same conference, the same day as what was going to kind of change my life. Uh, I, I really had two life-changing experiences, one for good and one for, for not so good, um, that would eventually turn out to be something very, very good. Um, so it was just an all-around really profound experience. But yeah, so I was around 16 years old at that time. Then the following year, my junior year of high school, um, I was kind of carrying around this massive secret, you know, like uh, because of my experience with Christ the year before, I had gotten the reputation as the Jesus freak, right? So everybody at my high school knew me as that, called me that, you know, I was the kid that hung out in the campus ministry office before school, you know, was the kid that finished my uh, apologetics exam in 15 minutes. Like I was that kid. Um, and I was, I was completely fine with that. I loved that. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of sitting there holding my breath, kind of walking on a tightrope the entire time, um, just really being uh, shoved around uh, and not wanting to um, reveal this part of my experience, you know, because again, I didn't know much about it. All I knew was that I had, you know, this experience with a girl that uh, I assumed was wrong. And I, but I really didn't know why. And I didn't know church teaching on homosexuality at the time. So that wasn't very helpful for me. And then um, I was met with so much silence that, you know, it just, I didn't know who to go to for answers. So really, I think that the biggest problem that I face and that many people face to this day is the fact that so many people within the church are so afraid and I think oftentimes ashamed to bring up the topic that people are, you know, people like me are forced to suffer not only in silence, but because of it, um, which is. You, you know, what, what can you meet with that besides 
just opening a conversation, having a conversation, but so many people don't know how to approach the topic because it is so controversial. Uh, that's so almost like they don't want to say the wrong thing. Yes. Um, or, or they don't want to offend or the culture has presented it in a way that is insufficient, Mm -hmm. uh, for the Catholic response, like you either choose this or you choose that. Yeah. We'll Jason st- ever used the words either gay pride or gay shame. Like those are the two, the two options that the culture gives, none of which are sufficient for me or for the church. No. Yeah. And that's why we're doing this is because we want mm-hmm. people out there to feel confident um, in the charitable, loving truthful response that the church gives mm-hmm. because it's really just uh, right in the heart of its entire uh, worldview. (laughs) It's not, it's not different than any other teaching. It Mm -hmm. it flows out of the human anthropology that Mm -hmm. is set up in Genesis (laughs) and expounded upon 2000 years later by John Paul and the Mm -hmm. theology of the body. Um, So it's not any different. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a a big point for me in, in my ministry to people with same sex attraction. Mm -hmm. My ministry in speaking about it, preaching about it is to destigmatize the, the, the the situation, destigmatize the um, experience, the emotion, the inclination, Mm -hmm. and to, to, to place it within the context of the church Mm -hmm. and the body of Christ, to place it within the context of the entire worldview, the entire theology. It's not like, Oh, we're going to put, put people with same sex attraction over here and we're right. going to isolate them and like, you know, prod them and probe them and say like, Oh, how can you know, let's talk about them. It's mm-hmm. like, wait a second. No, they're just sons and daughters of, of God. Absolutely. And, um, so, so now, so you had experience of Christ and you mm-hmm. had an experience of same sex attraction, attraction to a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you learn to address that in a Catholic way. Mm -hmm. So my senior year of high school, um, I'm still battling with this fighting, um, just feeling so ashamed. It was either my junior year or my senior year. I can't remember which one. Um, But I remember walking into, uh, because I went to a Catholic high school, I remember walking into my chaplain's office um, and uh, went to this priest named Father Dan. Um, He's a a Dan good priest. (laughs) That's so good. Every time I he comes up, say that. every time he comes up in, in this podcast, which has been a couple of times, mm-hmm. I say, I say that he's a Dan good priest. He is. He really is. <laughs> um, so yeah, I went into father Dan's office and I just kind of sat across from him and said, father Dan, I think I'm gay and I don't know what to do. And I'm on the verge of tears at this point. And Lord knows I don't like crying in front of people. And, um, in true Father Dan fashion, he starts kind of giggling to himself a little bit, um, which I'm like, Father Dan, like I'm revealing my heart to you. I'm pouring myself out. I need you to focus and I need you to concentrate right now. I mean, he looks like a guy that he giggles does. often. <laughs> he does giggle often. He does. He's got red hair. It's poofy. <laughs> it's He is. He's awesome. He is. Um, and he just kind of looks at me very intently and he just says, you are so good. Like just looks at me, says, you are so good. And even to this day, he will say this to me. Um, but he really was a, a catalyst in propelling me forward in uh, into the arms of the church. You know, it's, I, I felt so ostracized for a long time and thought, you know, I, I can't really reconcile feeling the way that I do while remaining Catholic. And I didn't know that I could still experience these desires, even though they're disordered and still, you know, keep my Catholic identity and still, uh, you know, like I, I just came to the realization that there was nothing wrong with me, um, which I think was huge 
for me. You know, like I didn't choose to feel this way. Like this isn't my fault. This isn't my choice. Um, but you know, no matter where it stems from or no matter, you know, what happens to cause it or manifest it or, you know, whatever it may be, you know, the, the real question is now that I know I have it, what do I do about it? You know, how do I live this? How do I live my Catholic faith? How do I live um, the truth that God loves me and wants an intimate relationship with me? And that's been my journey so far, just trying to um, figure that out and live that out uh, every single day. And like I said, it's not going to be easy and it's it's never really been easy, but nothing really worth it in life is. Um, So, yeah, that's been the that's been the journey so far, and it's been a really, really beautiful experience. Yeah, the beauty the beauty of the church's teaching is that the answer to that question that you expressed just now is no different, essentially, than the answer to any person. Yeah, anybody else like the the church is not asking anything different of me than it is of you or, you know, Joe Schmo that just drove by down the street, like is not asking, you know, we're in Louisiana. His name, (laughs) quite frankly, could be Joe Schmo. I mean, his name, Joe, hey, hey, Schmo, get over here. You know, Schmo, you're called to sanctity. Yes. That's so true. I didn't even think about that. I forget where I am sometimes. You can't repress your your disordered desires, Schmo. You just have to redeem them. Place them in the arms. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. He's probably on his way home to boil some crawfish as we speak. That's not crawfish season. Yeah, but... I still want it though. Like, <laughs> like you can't have everything you want. I know. So yeah, this uh, the, uh, literally the whole synopsis of this episode. Like you can't have everything you want. <laughs> okay, so um, tell us about because you've done. I mean, you you've been active in a group called Courage, mm-hmm. correct? And yeah. and um, just tell us the the specific difference between Courage and maybe some other. And you don't have to name names of other groups, mm-hmm. but like other approaches. Like, what is Courage? Um, because there might be people listening who one have a. Our pizza, our pizza the, preheated. The oven is preheated. <laughs> okay, hold on, real quick. I'm going to put it in. Okay. <laughs> Pause. Pizza's in the oven, and we're back. Yes. So, Vera, tell us the specific difference. Well, okay, like I said earlier, there there might be people who have experienced same-sex attraction in the mm-hmm. past or currently experiencing it in various degrees on the spectrum. Right. Um, there might be people whose children or grandchildren or uncle or cousin, like th- like you said, this is something that's in the church, it's in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, so what is the church's response specifically through the courage apostolate? Yeah. So namely, first of all, first and foremost, the church's response is to love the individual, you know, like the church is our good mother and all she wants to do is extend her arms in love and carry us to Christ, uh, her, her bridegroom. Um, and how courage helps with that is um, courage is an apostolate that's been around for almost 40 years now, um, started by Father John Harvey. 
Um, uh, and actually Father Benedict Groeschel, which I did not know. Um, but so the two of them started it really in order to offer pastoral care and fellowship to people who experience same-sex attractions. Um, so I've been a part of the group for about two years now, and um, I just actually got the uh, opportunity to give my testimony at the international conference uh, back in July. And it was such a, so, so actually courage has two branches. There is the courage group, which is for men and women who experience same sex attractions, but then in courage, which is its second branch is for family members, friends, um, who love someone who experiences same sex attractions, whether they, um, are living a chaste lifestyle in accord with the Catholic church teaching or not. Um, it's oftentimes usually not the case. Um, and, you know, courage has really been a uh, transformative part of my experience just because of the fact that I know that one, I have my, um, I have my priestly fathers who care so much about me that they want to help me in this experience. And two, I have my friends, um, who are kind of walking the same journey with me. Um, so, uh, you know, at the courage conference, uh, I got to hang out with uh, some of the same friends that I met last year and then some of the new friends that I have this year. Um, but I just remember one, I think one of my fondest memories is not actually a part of like the courage of group itself. But one of the things that we did is we just stayed up uh, till four in the morning, just talking and really encountering Christ in and with each other. And, you know, we have this shared experience. We have this um, cross that we all carry. And because it's so similar, because we can empathize with each other about what it's like living the way that we do and experiencing what we do, you know, it just, it gives us this really powerful bond of fellowship and really brotherhood and sisterhood um, that you really don't get anywhere else. Um, I know one of the things that people say when they come to that Courage Conference is that there, it, there is a very, very unique familial element to the Courage and Encourage family. Like we really all are a family. It is like a big family reunion every year. And there's there's tears, there's pain, there's sorrow, but there's also so much joy, so much happiness. You know, we have a party like at the end of the, the retreat every year. And it's just, it's so, so good. But, uh, you know, really essentially why it exists is to give us a place to experience Christ and welcome him into our experience um, alongside people who are trying to do the same thing. Which is needed. Everyone needs that. Yeah, <laughs> and um, whatever our, um, our situation is, whatever our ordered inclinations, disordered inclinations, um, I think what makes it stand out as a, as an apostolate, maybe over and above some other attempts at ministering to people who have, and for people who have same sex attraction is that it holds the tension between truth and love mm -hmm. that that's so easily abandoned, you know, yeah. like, like uh, Von Balthazar says that truth is in the tension. Yes. Have you ever heard that truth is in the tension? Wow. Like, and, and all of heresies throughout history has been, um, 
easing the tension in one direction. So, (laughs) so like, uh, it's so hard to hold that God is man and God. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ease the tension towards man. So, so that, uh, you have Arianism, right? Or I'm going to ease the tension towards God in which Christ isn't actually human. Mm -hmm. Um, or in in any heresy, it's like an easing of the tension to one side. And when it comes to the church's response to this, which courage does so well, it's like walking the the pinnacle, the the precipice in which one side goes down thousands of feet and the other side goes down thousands of feet. Mm-hmm. But like we are, we are close to the Lord because we're on the pinnacle and it's a tension yes. and, uh, between love and, and truth. And, Absolutely. um, so what other people might like just side with what they think love is, what they think compassion mm-hmm. is, like accepting everything anyone ever desires to do, which actually isn't love because you don't have truth. <laughs> yeah. So um, Caritas and Veritate, um, we're so blessed and excited that there is this apostolate internationally um, here in our country. You can find out about it, more about it. It's, it's very... Um, well, secretive, <laughs> but but uh, I guess I've heard it, was... it said it's the best kept secret of the church, and it really shouldn't be a secret. It's really it's really not. It's just that I feel like the kind of the world might keep it a secret because of how beautiful and how good the apostle yeah, actually. Is. Obviously, yeah. I, I meant like if you reach out to a and, and go to a meeting, it's it's um it respects privacy. Yeah, absolutely. so it's it's, it's um, so it's not advertised where meetings are or when they're held or who's a part of the group or anything like that unless they want to be vocal and say something. Yeah. But you do not have to like, and it's called, encourage that. Uh, yeah, you encourage it. <laughs> so www.couragerc.com, I believe com? it is. Yes, is it com? Is it? Look it up. Yeah, let me check. <laughs> um, so thanks for uh, joining us, Avera Santo. And, it's and just, org. It's ah, org. <laughs> I knew it. It's an organization. It's yes. not a com... Yeah. Communist community. I don't know. What is it? I don't don't, know what com means. That's a good question. Communication. That's another one. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) Thanks for joining us. You're going to hear Avera's joyful laughter in a a couple, couple of weeks. She'll be on an episode. She's teaming over the father, Josh, and um, she's going to be on a regular quizzical papist trivia episode. So uh, keep your watch out for that. Um, But what we do at the end of an episode like this, Avera, is we do something called um, housekeeping. Can you stick around for that? I can't. Yes. So I'm going to do something really quick. Um, It's called Guess What State This Town Is In. (laughs) The last episode. Okay, here we go. 131 total cities. Listen. Nice. Asheville. Asheville. Um, Why do I feel like I have a friend that lives in Asheville? It's in one of the Carolinas, is it not? There is a Nashville, uh, North Carolina, but this one is in Ohio. Oh, okay. Nice. That was a a tricky one. Yeah. Um, This is is interesting. Um, Tijuana. Ooh. Or country. (laughs) Is that... I feel like it's either Louisiana or like New Mexico or something. (laughs) It's old Mexico. Is it? (laughs) It's Mexico. Oh, no way. So this is the story. So um, Austin Ashcraft, who's been on multiple times, he's a a quizzical papist favorite. Um, (laughs) He he pulls answers out of nowhere. Okay. He's crazy. (laughs) He prays for Mary's intercession and she gives him the answer. Okay. That's so hilarious. And uh, he was... Uh, I texted him because he's up in North Carolina trying to run this camp. And mm-hmm. and I go, are you bored yet? Because all the kids went home. Yeah. He goes, sucker, not bored. And he shows me a picture of Tijuana, Mexico. Him and my <laughs> friend Adam are in Tijuana. So I, I saw them listening. I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. That's so funny. Okay, last one. All right. 
Mount Laurel. Mount Laurel. Okay, somewhere with mountains, so definitely not Alabama. Um, Mount Laurel, Oregon? It is New Jersey. Oh, oh, other <laughs> side. Like, okay. It is like... It's, Mount, it's, it, what ma- is mountains mountain? in New Jersey? What? Mountains of trash. No, okay. I, oh, okay, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Only whenever your your garbage people go on strike. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm surprised people from the North still listen. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so self-biased. That was around the world. Uh, we're going to move on to Patreon. We have two new patrons. Pretty cool. A $3 and a $5. So a, a porter and a Abbey Ale. $5 Ooh. Abbey Ale, $3 porter, $1 lager. You can always join us on patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash quizzical papist. We have Kyle Prest from Baton Rouge and Carrie Falgu at $5 from Vacherie. So uh, Ooh, okay. Kyle, you'll be receiving a sticker Carrie you'll be able to be on the quizzical papist so thanks for joining up oh I love that too cool finally for our review we have one new review it's from Boo Radley which is a do I know that that's name sounds Alabama's important s- yeah so familiar <laughs> I think it's it's from uh, Kill a Mo- Mockingbird you know what I fun fact is that I Mississippi am, it's I, Mississippi Maybe, but I am the o- I was the only freshman I think at my high school that did not read it to killing Bo- to kill a mockingbird. Here, the only reason is because I was in honors English the first semester, and they read to kill a mockingbird second semester. Ooh. But I dropped out of honors English and went to college prep. You English. skipped it. I skipped it. <laughs> like I didn't mean to. I really didn't mean. You know to. what I say to that? So, boo, Radley. <laughs> Okay, so Boo Radley gave us five stars. August 13th, 2019, left this message. You have to check out the Quizzical Papist. Always something unexpected in the CT episodes, Coffee Talk, which you're listening to yes. right now, are always enlightening. Keep it up. Love it. Love did it. He do, did you read it like that because he put clap hands in between? No, both? I added that. Oh, okay. Accent uh, emphasis is mine. Yes. <laughs> but uh, we really need you to leave reviews. We got 21. I want like nine more. Um, and what I'm, I'm challenging people is, is go go to iTunes. Po- um, if, you, if you're on your, your phone, just poke your finger on the, the logo, scroll all the way to the bottom, leave a review and tell us where's the weirdest place you listen to the podcast. <laughs> so is it on top of a mountain? Is it in a train or a plane next to somebody who's like, like drooling on your shoulder because they, <laughs> they fell asleep? Is it like, I don't know, on the toilet? Yeah. That's Don't tell us that. Yeah. actually. <laughs> but uh, just tell us that where, where's the weirdest place and it'll give us all a big laugh. Thank yeah. you for joining us, Avera. Thank you for having me. So much. Look forward to hearing from you in a couple of weeks, whenever we air our quizzical papers episode. God bless. See you next time. Peace.